Hey, Alex. Hey, Kim. How are you doing today? Welcome to Sass and Nosh. Welcome to Sass and Nosh. I'm doing all right. I am, um, yeah, I, I got a few bones to pick. I have a few bones picked too. Hey, Alex. What bones do you have to pick? Hi, Kim. <laughs> All right. We're a little fired up today. Yes, we're, we're talking about the power of words. We're talking about the power of words. So normally, so we, we, we've created kind of a process for this, but we're fired up today. We're a little discombobulated. And you know what? That's fine. It's yeah. fine because you're still going to hear us. You're still going to hear us. We're being authentic. We're being spontaneous. We're rolling with it. <laughs> so this is part two. Part one, Kim told us about, you know, tribe, being off the res, third ah! animal. So this part two, I'm talking about more of the Latinx central words that get tossed around um, by people without really knowing the context of them. Yeah, so super important. So, so I just, I want to jump in because you have a list. I have a list. And I know we, we talked a little bit about this and I need to take some ownership of my own ignorance here because some of them I was like, how's that problematic? So, so this is why we're having this conversation. Words are powerful, right? It's, it's oftentimes it's words that hurt your feelings. <laughs> you know, it's like there's, there's words, the power of the N word that we do not use. I mean, these are weapons and um, when used time and again, they do cause damage. And so I feel like to be a better relative, a good ancestor, this is a really important conversation to help us understand the impact of the power we carry with the words we use. So Alex, what are some of the words that, that like, are cool. <laughs> well, first I want to recognize you, you put it down so eloquently. Um, and yeah, props for that, man. Um, so, so, you know, during this week, I, I, you know, I have students and I have all sorts of people I interact with over the phone these days because, you know, I'm distancing. <laughs> distancing! <laughs> um, so one of the words that gets flipped around kind of carelessly is that um, someone called me mija. So mija get, it has become a term here in, in Southern California of, you know, like, dude or whatever but amongst women so mm. mija is not one word mija is actually two words mi hija and technically speaking it's a it means my daughter so because of a lot of history behind mija and who's saying it um i i told this person please just don't use that word with me um so let me tell you a little about the history of mija Mi hija means my daughter, technically speaking, and you use it as, as a, an endearment to draw close your daughter and to recognize that special bond. Mm -hmm. So as time has gone on, um, elders do, do it as well. Like you might hear a grandma saying that to her grandchild or yeah. to 
you know, other relation, all other blood relation, or even sometimes adopted um, hijadas, which are like step or adopted. But it's it's a family relationship. So like an auntie, an auntie would say that. So so when it's used in this tradition, the uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to just use the word in the appropriate way. Is it typically used by someone who's older to a younger person? Yes. Okay. So it's an elder to a younger person. And okay. that younger person has a relation to that elder, uh, that, that relation being one of respect, deep respect. Okay. So it's not mm -hmm. like something you'd really toss around. So, but the thing is, if it's outside of uh, relation, then it is seen in a, it's more of a kind of a historical thing. We have another word, it's called criada, and it means um, a family helper who, is, who came to the house as a servant from a very young age, who they don't necessarily have a family of their own, or it's not recognized. And so like the, um, mm -hmm. the doña of the house, the woman of the house, the matriarch of the house, would call her mija, like, you know, kind of an endearment, but you know your place and your place is not in the family. It's like, it's like, um, well, what comes up for me is that's like a derogatory way when a white person might call a black man boy. Bingo. Mm -hmm. So it's like calling you, hey girl. And yeah. It, uh, yeah. And, so, so outside of family, and you know, it's always an older person. So you would never say this word with another contemporary person of yours. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's really super awkward. So when you say it to somebody who's not related, that's like you are telling them I'm in charge and you are the lesser of me. So I need you to do this for me. So that really invokes that power. It's inherent in this context, that, that power dynamic that we were talking about on our last episode, right? Right. So, okay. So then she was like, oh, okay. Thanks for letting me know. What, by the way, what about the word chica or chiquitita? And I was like, nope, you should stop that too. Wow. Uh-huh. Because that's what's said to women on the regular, to let them know their place, to stay small, because that's what it means. Chica, chiquitita means very small. So considering the level of machismo in most Spanish-speaking countries, um, I wouldn't even use this for a little girl, because it, it very much connotates of, oh, you're so cute, shut up and stay in the corner. You're so small. So, so how it is used in these places within this, this context is really diminishing and making smaller and disempowering women and erasing. Yeah. Erasing the voice. So, so I'm, so here's where I got to confess something, which is, um, I mean, Chica's not really it's not really part of my large, it's not a word that I would use often. And I'm just thinking about times that I have used it with my girlfriends who are, um, I, I mean, I have a, I have a, a friend that I, she's Boricua, Boricua, mm -hmm. Taino. 
her people are from Taino, from Puerto Rico. And, you know, we've called each other Chica. And um, I can think of a couple Mexican and Chicana women that I have referred to as Chica. And now hearing this, I'm sitting here going, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's different. If you ha already have an established equal power relationship and both of you are down with using the word, that's not a problem. But for example, I, I have the privilege of being lighter skinned brown person. So I acknowledge my privilege by not using that word with my darker skinned cousins ah. or friends because I, they already carry the burden of the world doesn't see them mm -hmm. equal to me, which bugs the fuck out of me. But I acknowledge that, that, that unequal power. So I will not refer unless I'm really prodded to, I will not refer that to them as Chica because I think nothing less of them. In fact, if I could, I would say, you're the most grandiose, gorgeous, sun bronze <laughs> goddess ever. But so Chica, no, because I have to acknowledge my privilege of being in the lighter skin and I am not mm -hmm. gonna call my fellow relation and friends lesser. How would you, well, I guess you just did, but I was just gonna say, cause you know, a lot of times when people are, are called to task, for this kind of language, um, the response often is, well, you guys say that to each other. How come I can't do it? What, so what would your response be if, if, and I'm, and by the way, I'm assuming that was not the response to this person that you educated, but if she'd come back and been like, why can't I call you Chica? You guys, I heard, I heard two Mexican ladies at the grocery calling each other that. How would you respond to that? Well, you know, not everybody wipes their own ass. Are you going to be that person? <laughs> so take care of yourself in your own self. Check <laughs> yourself. <laughs> so. <laughs> there, we haven't had some sash for a while. <laughs> there it is right there. Keep your that ass. That was spicy, fiery sass. <laughs> but. I, I mean, it, it makes me super angry when people are like, well, I use it with so-and-so and that's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm like, great, but really check your privilege about the entitlement you're trying to give off of me of I get to call my girlfriend whatever I want to call her, Tiki Tika or whatever. Check yourself, number one. And then number two, see if there is an equal power dynamic. Check your skin color, number one check your relation are you do you have a reciprocal relationship or is it where you just blow in every once in a while use your friend call her chica and get the fuck out of town no it doesn't work that way you have to you have to back it and be a friend who is a reciprocal one you know have you checked in on them have i mean when we're coming from the indigenous lens there is a humility about being indebted to each other and being responsible for each other in many mm -hmm. ways. So, you know, if, if you two are into slapping each other behind closed doors, that's fine, that's awful to y'all, but don't be spreading that kind of disrespect to everybody else because we don't all roll that way. 
And I really want us to all be a lot more cognizant, cognizant of the deep respect we are owed to each other. And if we have that for ourselves and share it amongst our people, I'm hoping that this will grow because the idea that you can just call anybody anything you want, there is, there is a reason people are named what they are named. And this is, sorry, I'm rolling with it now. No, I'm sitting here. I'm just like, where's she going next? Cause the, this is so important. And I just want to say, you know, really thank you for bringing this up. I mean, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable with what I just learned. I mean, I, mean, I got to own that, but I also got to say to, you know, you were talking about you being a light-skinned brown person. I'm a light-skinned native, you know, and I'm sitting here and there's a part of me, I'm, the native in me is just like, that's right, what Alex said. <laughs> but my white lady here is, I'm just like, I feel very uncomfortable and I don't know what to do with it. But you know what, to all of our white relatives that are listening to us right now, come and sit down next to me in this discomfort because this is where the work is getting done and this is what we need to be doing right now. We need to be shutting our mouths, we need to listen, we need to roll around in that discomfort a little bit because that's where we're gonna have to grow. We're gonna have to think about these things and the discomfort isn't that, it isn't what you are, it's not the information that you're saying. The discomfort is, is that we gotta relinquish a little bit of that power dynamic and that imbalance that we're accustomed to. And that's really important. If you are not uncomfortable, you are not growing. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid way too many of us have been way too comfortable for too long. Because Mm -hmm. the thing is, it's been choking out the voice and the colors of so many people. Mm -hmm. And it needs to stop. So one of the things I wanted to move into was name names names are very important Mm -hmm. and we are each given a name and some of for some of us we are given a name and we change it you know names have a magic to them every time you say every time i say kim it is a spell it is an enchantment it it embodies what you represent on this earth and that is very sacred and i say it with so much respect when you say a name, it's, it, it brings up the magic and the spirit of that person. And to be able to hold that space is very important. And I found that here in America, in the United States particularly, people don't acknowledge how important a name is. And I, so I have a few names and I have a few very difficult names for the English tongue to wrap itself around. Mm-hmm. And kind of early on when I lived here in the United States, I was like, I'm tired of hearing the disrespect with how people don't listen to how to pronounce my name properly. Because that to me shows a, such a level of disrespect for the person. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. ended up changing my name to just Alex. Please just call me Alex, A-L-E-X. How hard can that be? And I still pe- get people who are not understanding they'll say alice kind of that joke in starbucks but imagine if that's your entire life and that's been my entire life and i i i'm not here to hear how disrespectful people are i am here to recognize how important and respectful we must be because if we can't even say people's names Mm -hmm. first of all the fact that they tell us their name 
Yeah. Is a point of thank you for telling me your name is and hold it as precious as you would a baby because it's it's magic. People's names are magic. So learn how to spell, learn how to pronounce. And if you can't get the pronunciation, because I know a lot of my Desi or my my Indian and Pakistani friends, you know, a lot of a lot of my friends from around the world have so much trouble here in the United States and people are so dismissive of how to pronounce their names. Please do us all a freaking favor. Learn how to pronounce it correctly. If you need to record it and practice it on your own, but you need to listen. Um, because really, if you can't get their name, it's like erasing them. Yeah, I, this is something I, I don't think we talk about enough. And, you know, here in the States and, you know, there's it's there's more diversity in some places than others. But I mean, I, that's true for indigenous peoples as well. You know, right. It's like many of our names, if, if we go by our traditional names, nobody will ever get them right. And so, I mean, then, and there's history behind that as well. And I think I think it's so important and I love how you articulated the attachment of the name. I mean, I think, um, I think we take for granted what a name is yeah. and, um, we take for granted what that embodies and the vessel that a name becomes over lifetime for, for a human. I mean, and I think about, you know, different indigenous traditions for naming a baby, you know, or, and I could be wrong, but even some religious traditions for you don't name a baby before three days or eight days or whatever. There's like, there are traditions, religious and non-religious around the name because it's um, sacred because it's sacred and and i'm thinking also of you know this this <laughs> this ceremonies where where indigenous peoples and I, and i'm just going to speak for my own tribe my my ceremonial family and and my tribe but it's like those ceremonies that give us our ancestor name you know we call them our indian names mm -hmm. you have an indian name but really that's the name by which our ancestors know us by. And um, we're told, I was told in my name, in my naming ceremony, you know, I was like, before I even was told my name, <laughs> it was, here are your responsibilities as the carrier of this name. Here is oh. your relationship. Here is your relationship to that ancestor, to that relative that is a part of your name. And here's how you have to honor that relative. And here's your responsibility now to that relative. And, and I think that's easy, you know, from the indigenous perspective to think about that. Cause we have like this whole ass ceremony attached to that, right? But when it comes to our everyday ordinary names that are not seemingly attached with that kind of meaning, I think we just take it for granted you know, and we need to, we need to pay attention to this. Cause I, you know, I totally, I really agree with you, Alex, that yeah, this is, it's more than a word that just, it's not, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's like we're attaching a word to, 
we're touching a word to a person, but it's like, this is like the vessel. Yeah. Every time you, you say a name, you're invoking their being. And that's super powerful. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I don't know. Having lived my entire life with very difficult names, I, I just cannot emphasize for you enough how, how important it is to really put some respect behind calling people's names and using people's names. Mm-hmm. And it shows so much earnest open listening work to be able to pronounce their name are you going to share with us your name boy which one (laughs) (laughs) so i have i have quite a few names and my indigenous name is irendira irendira wow look at you nice yes irendira irendira he was a fierce warrior See? See what I mean? Boom! Look at that! <laughs> What's yours, Kim? Um, I'm, I will tell you what it is in its language, but I am not going to translate it or share any of that other stuff. Um, I mean, I'll share it with you privately later, but um, my name, so, so my English name is Kimberly Ruth, and... <laughs> Uh, my middle name is named after my dearly departed paternal grandmother, who um, she died while giving birth to my dad. So um, I got her name. And Kimberly, <laughs> they thought I was going to be a boy. <laughs> oh. I was supposed to be a boy, like literally right till I showed up. I came screaming out of my mom, and it was like, oh, she's a girl. And. <laughs> A warrior. And a warrior girl. And my mom was, um, my dad told me once that I was named after Kim Novak, the famous actress, 1950s actress. Oh. My mom recently confessed, no, no, that's not it at all. I didn't have a name for a girl. And I looked over and I saw the box of Kimberly Clark tissue sitting there and I thought Kimberly was pretty. (gasps) Wow. Yes. So I'm named after Kleenex. I'm named after a uh, personal care paper. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's it. But my, um, my ancestor name, the name by which my ancestors know me is, um, it's actually in the, it's, it's from the Assiniboine. This is, uh, I don't know how to say it in my language, but the person who gave it to me um, it was is a Cinnaboyne, and the ceremony in which he participated to give me my name is a, is an Assiniboine ceremony. He followed his tradition, and so uh, my name in the Assiniboine language is Wamaka Gishinaji. Wamaka Gishinaji. 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 Yes. Wamaka Gishinaji. Wow, that's beautiful. It was actually, what I will share is um, he, he visited our spirit ancestors and, and um, one of them was my grandfather, my dad's dad. And so it was my grandfather who gave that name for me. Yeah. That's really beautiful. So what's your other name, Alex? 
Which one, dear? <laughs> what is the name? Uh, so you were born. You were born in Greece, right? Yes, I was born in Athens, and um, yeah, I I'm I am menopause. My mother was uh, <laughs> forty two and having a baby back in the early seventies, and uh, this was not. She was an anomaly, as am I. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so my my entire birth story is quite extraordinary, and um, let's just say I took out her uterus. <laughs> I was a big baby. I was like a 12-pounder. Stop it! Oh, yeah. I looked like a three-month-year-old baby in the nursery. Every, all the other babies are tiny, and... You've been taking up a major, amazing magical space for quite a while. <laughs> yes, the stars had it in for me. So, um, so I have a Greek name and it's a very ancient Greek name. And um, it's funny because it's such an ancient Greek name. A lot of Greeks don't know the name. Uh, so wow. it, it my first name has a twin, and the twin is um, Iphigenia, which is very common. Iphigenia? Iphigenia, yeah. Iph Iphigenia. Mm -hmm. So mine is the lesser known sister who sacrificed herself. So um, <laughs> the other one, she was beautiful, and I was the one who was born of high intelligence who hurled herself over a cliff. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. So, so that's why, and it's funny because I, at one time I had the opportunity to ask, well, how, how is it that I came up? Yeah, I got this name and why, why so difficult? Um, and I think it was my sister, my older sister said, well, you know, at the time, uh, my parents were close with a Greek lawyer and he's like, oh, you know, this name born of high intelligence is very is very appropriate and so it kind of stuck well you are pretty brilliant i mean <laughs> that's very kind of you to say but the more <laughs> i learn the more i i am decidedly on the point of oh my god i know shit <laughs> you, can, you can be brilliant and still pursue <laughs> intellectual growth and there's so much it's not even funny man more i study the less i know <laughs> how's that work <laughs> so so the name is Ephinoi. Ephinoi. no Ephinoi. effie effie noi Noi. Effie Noi. Effie Noi. Effie Noi. You're very good. Do you see how much you have to slow down for that? F. E. Noi. Yeah, very good. So if you're from Northern Greece, you would pronounce it Effie Noi. Effie Noi. But that's no, not. No, no, no. Effie Noi. Effie Noi. Yes. But you are Effinoi. Yes. I think that's an amazingly beautiful name. Thank you. But it's been slaughtered 
A Million and Ten Ways by the American Tongue, including having been called Illinois. Stop it. Yeah, that's how much disrespect's behind that one. Oh my God. Oh my God. No. So, yeah, so names are really important. And it, it really shows me if people are blowing past life or really taking in what is there. And there's so much power in a name. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for our listeners, I hope you take the time to really listen to how to properly pronounce people's names and cherish them coming and rolling out of your mouth and say it with the most respect you can because everybody deserves that. Even people we dislike very, very much. Oh, (laughs) that last one's going to take some effort. (laughs) Right. But here's the thing. There's, they are part of us for as much as we despise their choices in life. And the more we're comfortable of saying, okay, how can we turn things around rather than, well, it's all scapegoating. The more we can take responsibility for the whole, we can't, we can't face and fix everything. But if we can face some things in a good way, then we can change them. I really, I I feel like, we wrap that up. That was such a beautiful way to kind of bring it together. And I think I would just say, you know, in this conversation, as I've been listening to you and I've been thinking about it, I think, you know, we're in this time, so much has shifted just in a very, since March. I mean, this is July. And in this short period of time, there's been so many things about the way we live that has shifted, the way we relate to each other and the way we connect with each other. And there's been some pretty hardcore shit blowing up and catching on fire too. And I'm I'm just thinking this is all about being seen. You know, our relationships have changed. I was sharing with you earlier that I actually got a hug today. And um, what that felt like and what that meant. And I was, and that caused me to think about how my relationships are are different with people because of these restrictions on us physically being together and how the people that I love that I get to see physically in that space, how much more of them I see. Yeah. You know, and, and then, you know, with the mass protests that we've had around police brutality and racial injustice, that's about uplifting voices and voices being heard. Um, and so this conversation this, that we've had about p- the power of words and specifically this around our name, it's like, I'm just really struck in our conversation. I feel like the simplest, easiest way we can see someone is to call them by their name. Yes. The name they want to be called by. Right. So, I mean, yes. if I roll up. Ifinoy, that will be different than hey Alex, you know, it's like ask somebody what what are you called? And that's the same thing that I'm gonna just translate that over to gender pronouns too. Yes. What are your gender pronouns? I am she or her. I don't mind they. <laughs> okay. What are yours? Uh, mine are she, her, and us. And us. 
because I never want people to separate me from we. I've We're had them. Here. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. My, I'm doing that too now. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's seriously we're done here we're done here it's over <laughs> <laughs> we are each other's keepers mm -hmm. alex kim thank you for bringing this topic and this conversation today thank you for being uncomfortable and open and honest mm -hmm. and yourself mm -hmm. hey before we go do we have nosh we have nosh What'd you bring? <laughs> Native harvest of wild rice, 100% hand harvested and wood parched wild rice from Minnesota, Callaway, Minnesota. Um, this is just a beautiful wild rice from the lakes of Minnesota and you can get it at nativeharvest.com. I found it's amazing in my mushroom soups. Uh, it has a wonderful mm -hmm. nutty flavor and the texture is heavenly. Um, and you know, not to mention it's got so many vital minerals in this wild rice. And I, I totally advocate using local products usually, but wild rice does not grow here in Southern California. So the second best is getting it from other native and indigenous peoples. So thank you, Minnesota, for your wild rice, nativeharvest.com. Thank you. And just FYI, I was questioning, I was like, I feel like that is a tribal enterprise. And so yes. it's Ojibwe. Yes. And I believe the other, since names, it says Ojibwe on their website. So I'm going to go with Ojibwe. I'm curious if it's also, if they're also known as Anishinaabe but I'm going to leave that to somebody else just checking. Uh, but this is actually, it's, um, this is a project of the white earth land recovery project, which is on the white earth reservation up in Northern Minnesota, absolutely stunning country. And wild rice is one of their traditional foods. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the wild rice. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a fan of the wild rice. I have a bougie. <laughs> a Oh, I have a bougie, bougie nosh because um, we have no rules when it comes to our nosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, so as usual, there's a story. So my story is when I was in Italy the first time, um, my sweet and sexy host <laughs> uh, turned me on to Italian canned tuna. Among other things. Um, Ooh. <laughs> like eggplant. <laughs> oh, you're saucy now. Now we're getting saucy. <laughs> anyway, so um, so I I was gonna say I don't think I had any fresh tuna while I was there, but it's like you go to the store, just like here you go to the store, you get a can of tuna and um, he made this for me with um, broccoli rob or broccolini, one of the two. Anyway, garlic, broccolini, and you toss in a can of the, of the, of the canned tuna, right? I thought I was dead. 
I thought I was dying. It was so great because the thing is, is I had been convinced everything in Italy is just better. <laughs> For the most part. <laughs> you know, as like, it's like the food, Italian food is just way better than anything we had. And so I was like, oh my God, the, even the canned tuna is better. So um, long ago, I, you know, I brought back, I don't know how many, how many cans of Italian tuna. Um, and then this last time when we attended a fantastic yoga retreat, shout out to La Conda de Gallo. Hello, Gallo, 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 Italian, Spanish, mix them up. Anyway, the last trip I brought back five cans of canned tuna and this brand is called Rio Mar. Rio Mare and Rio Mare Tuna ton, uh, Tono al Olio di Oliva. Oliva, yeah. Oliva. I slaughter language. I apologize. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but um, that's like a popular brand of, of canned tuna there. I smuggled it back in my backpack. I had five cans of tuna that I brought back. I actually still have one in the refrigerator. I'm trying to savor it. I want, I'm like, I want to make sure that I really want to eat a really killer tuna sandwich or to like get some really killer produce to throw that in there with because it's like the last can. But lo and behold, guess what I found online? I found the bougie can tuna and I ordered some. Oh. And these are, okay, so tuna usually comes in a four ounce can and that's what I brought back from Italy. These I think are two or three ounce cans. <laughs> and <laughs> so here was the thing, it was $23 for six of these. And my brain doesn't function like it used to anymore. And I was just like, that's the same size as what I have. So I ordered them. And so just today, my bougie tuna came, my imported tuna from, from Italy came, and these are like the bite-sized cans. Yes. This is like, it's going to go, it's going to go, yeah, it's going to go on a single cracker, but you know what? I'm having, I'm having Italian tuna as oh my, my snack God. right here. That's I'm so gonna, delicious. I'm going to, what I'm going to do, I'm going to toss in a little bit of lemon. I'm not really going to do anything. I'm going to put a little lemon in there. I might mix it with a little hint of garlic and maybe a little hint of dill. Ooh. And I'm gonna just mash that up. I'm not right, adding. How about a little pepperoncino? Oh! So I, I gotta tell you really quickly. So I was, you know, I was born in Greece and, you know, I, I was there for quite a few years. When I came to the United States for the first time and someone offered me tuna canned tuna i'm like oh yeah i eat that of course i took a first bite and i was looking around and this lady <laughs> who offered it to me had <laughs> and i swear to you i thought she gave me the cat food oh I my god home, and i told my parents that i ate cat food oh no <laughs> they called her up and they were like well what do you feed your your cats she's like oh I, that, oh you interested in getting some cats and my parents are like well no well, just in case she's like i give them this dried dry food and they're like nothing in a can she's like oh no that's too expensive and so my parents were like you lied i'm like no it tastes like cat food it smelled weird no. and awful please no and it was back in the day when 
everything was diet. Nothing had oil or anything in it. Yeah. My parents then went to the store and bought tuna, and we found the same thing. We were all like looking at each other, like, "What the hell is this?" So it wasn't until much later we discovered that in America, when you have, so it's worlds apart. European yeah. tuna in oil, in proper olive oil versus water, watery cat foods tuna. It's just world difference. It's, it, it, I mean, it really is. And it's like, this wasn't the brand when I, when I was first given this, this was not the brand. It actually came in a, in a glass a jar. jar. Yeah. And they were like these, this, the, the flakes of tuna were like these little miniature tuna filet. And I was just yeah. like, I was convinced I'm going to like this just because it's Italian tuna and I'm fond of the Italian situation here. Right. And then you take a bite and it's like, mother of God, this is, this is the best tuna. This is yeah. the best tuna. And it, it has, I've, you know, my standard is the usual tuna. I like Trader Joe's tuna. I like Trader Joe's whole, um, albacore tuna. That's what I go with. I eat a lot of canned fish or fresh fish. That's, I guess the bear in me. <laughs> and I don't know what possessed me. I think I was having a moment. Maybe this was, you know, in solidarity with our, with our relatives in Italy who are just now coming out of like a full on lockdown after months, you know, um, be well, my relatives who might be listening, but I don't know what it was that possessed me, but you know, cause I'm not out and about now. I had a little extra cash. And so I went bougie. <laughs> <laughs> I went a little bougie. So well done on the tuna. here we go. All right. So I'm going to wrap this up and uh, we're going to say thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. Please come check back. Uh, we, you know, every week or every other week, we release these podcasts here on Spotify, Apple iTunes. You can go to Anchor FM. Check us out. Listen, please share if you like what you hear. You can also find us. Uh, we have a Facebook page, Sass and Nosh. Indigenous Sass and Nosh on Instagram, and you can also find us at our respective cyber places. Alex is alexvyogi.com and on Instagram, and I am at flammable. No, oh, no, no, not flammable pajamas. Well, you can find me there. Uh, I got confused. I'm at Heart River Coaching, both um, heartrivercoaching.com and on Instagram. Yay. Thanks for listening. Oh. Did we thank our relatives here in Kumeyaay land? I think they deserve another shout out to I think the Kumeyaay relatives, past, present, ancestors, living. Um, we thank you for sharing with us and we hope to be good stewards and good friends, neighbors, mm. and relations. Mm -hmm. All right, everybody, until next time, take care. Take care, bye-bye.